Hello, everyone. This is Chris Barnett. Welcome to Episode 1 of the Breaking Down Business Podcast. Welcome to Breaking Down Business, a podcast produced on behalf of the Kent State College of Business Administration by adjunct marketing instructor and CEO of All Good Marketing, Christopher Barnett. In this series, we connect listeners to our experts who share the latest on high-impact research and best practices in business. We bring relevant and timely business topics to you every other week. This is Breaking Down Business with your host, Chris Barnett. Hello, everyone. It's Chris Barnett, your host of Breaking Down Business. I'm happy that you're joining for this podcast. Today, we're discussing the Golden Flash Asset Management Group, a student organization that manages a million-dollar investment fund of the College of Business Administration at Kent State University, and what led to their first-place win at the International Game Forum competition in New York City. Joining us is the Firestone Chair of Corporate Finance and Chair of the Kent State Department of Finance, Dr. Stephen Dennis, who led this group to victory. You don't want to miss this episode. Stick around until the end, where you will hear how students can get involved in the Golden Flash Asset Management Group. Enjoy this interview with Dr. Dennis. I'm thrilled to be speaking today with Dr. Stephen Dennis. He's the Firestone Chair of Corporate Finance at Kent State University, where he also teaches banking and founded the Golden Flash Asset Management Group, a student-managed fund. Dr. Dennis, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be here. Glad you're here. So today we're going to talk about the unique learning experience that the Golden Flash Asset Management Group provides its student members and about their first place win this year at the Game Forum. But before we get there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional evolution? Sure, Chris. I'm originally from uh, just around uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, I, my degree is from the University of Kentucky with an undergraduate in finance, master's in econ, and a PhD in finance. I started my career after leaving Kentucky at the University of New South Wales in Sydney, Australia. I served there three years and then moved to uh, Cal State Fullerton and a couple more stops. My last stop was University of North Dakota during the oil boom up there. And then I joined uh, Kent State in uh, 2014. It sounds like your career has taken you all around the world. What, what are some of the highlights? Um, some of the highlights professionally in terms of my career would be um, some research highlights in terms of uh, hitting the top four, top five journals. So the research is what sort of brings you the endowed chairs, those types of things. And then in terms of teaching, I would say it's been my experience with student managed investment funds. At Kent State University, we started our uh, Golden Flash Asset Management Group uh, a little over two years ago, and in our first full year of returns, we were able to win uh, with our fixed income portfolio at the uh, at the Game Forum. So we're thrilled with that. Excellent. Well, when we talked earlier, you mentioned that you have this take on finance simulation, which many universities do to prepare their students for their careers, versus the hands-on experience. 
that you offer students through the Golden Flash Asset Management Group. Can you talk a little bit about the, the difference between those? Sure, Chris. Um, with, with some simulations, I mean, there's some value in that when students are first getting to know about stocks. And so they can go in and do what they want to and sort of take, students tend to take more risk than average and they tend to take a lot of chances. And so simulations in some ways teach them bad habits in that you don't see the downside of that because it's not real money. There's real, there's downside here. We lose money. We have have to be responsible to the uh, Kent State University Foundation. So it's a very different feel when it's simulation versus real money. Absolutely. And, and that's important in preparing your students for their careers. Absolutely. Again, you know, a lot of uh, investing is limiting your downside. And so you learn from through experience, through the pain of investing real money, how to protect your downside. Do you bring that same hands-on approach to your classroom instruction? Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we teach a lot of different things at universities uh, in finance. There's a, there's a lot of theories. There's a, you know, we, we teach about several different things. But when you're actually managing money, it's, it's in my opinion, um, it's a very difficult thing to do, but it's simpler than thinking about theories. We don't talk about the theories of finance. What we talk about is value investing and what you're looking for when you're trying to own a piece of a company. So we try to tell students, look, this is not some piece of paper, some stock somewhere. This is your owning part of a business. So you want good businesses at reasonable prices. And so if you will stick to those types of fundamentals, great businesses at fair prices, then um, then you can do very well in the stock market. Excellent. So that type of instruction helped you recently lead a group of Kent State University students to a first place win this year at the Game Forum, uh, which is an international competition. Can you tell us about the Game Forum and the story behind that success? Sure. I believe there are something like 160 universities represented there from, I believe, more than 50 countries. And so these are funds from all over the world. Students from all over the world come to the Game Forum in New York City and downtown Manhattan. Um, we were able to take our students uh, before the competition began or for the, before the forum began to the New York Stock Exchange, where they were there for the bell ringing ceremony. Uh, we had one student ring the bell, part of that at the NASDAQ closing ceremony. So those types of things students will remember the rest of their lives. And then we went to the forum. The forum is, the first day is a full day of investment professionals, Federal Reserve officials, uh, high-powered uh, investment professionals. The second day is about taking the students and giving them more individualized learning. So if you want to know more about value investing or you want to know more about technical analysis or discounted cash flow, you can go to individual sessions where you learn more about that from people who do that every day. And then later on in the second day, they announced the winners. And, and luckily, we were able, uh, lucky enough to be able to win. So we were thrilled. That's amazing. So out of 166 universities, Kent State uh, came in first. That had to have been exciting for, for the team and for the university. Absolutely. Uh, it's these types of things that get recognition for your students. So it turns out that that as soon as we won, we our students started getting more good placements, more internships, more opportunities to get jobs. Same thing was true at University of North Dakota when we won for our first time. That's when the employers came calling to say, you guys must be doing something great down there. 
And so that's what we really want to do is teach our students well and obviously have them go out and perform in professional management situations. Excellent. Can you describe how the Golden Flash Asset Management Group is designed to prepare students for their careers? Sure. Um, We have a fund of about 30 or 35 undergraduate students and about 10 or 15 or so graduate students. I'm more involved with the undergraduate uh, fund than I am the graduate fund right now. Um, We have uh, four different funds. We have an equity fund, a fixed income or a bond fund, a blended fund, which is a mixture of the two. And then the graduate portfolio is an international portfolio. And so what they are trying to do is overweight and underweight countries using country analysis. What we try to do in the other funds and the undergraduate is try to pick undervalued securities. So it's slightly different, but both of them are very difficult to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's the type of thing that helps prepare the students. When you go through these types of analyses, you're really sort of in the trenches together. So this is as much active learning as you could possibly get because everything changes tomorrow morning and you have to go redo your analysis in terms of interest rates are up or earnings came in or whatever the, uh, the situation may be. And so students learn to be nimble and adjust and understand what actually drives asset values, which are for stocks, um, earnings, and the level of interest rates and the risk of the security. And so our students learn you know, high-powered discounted cash flow analysis. And so they go out, and now we have uh, several students who are doing uh, private equity for real estate uh, or private equity for other types of funds, fixed income, whatever it might be. So they're analysts doing exactly the same thing, uh, same types of things that we were doing in uh, uh, when they were here. So we think about, we started with a 30,000 foot level. So what's the economy doing? From there, we try to say, so which sectors should do well in that type of economy? And then we go to individual stocks and say, okay, so let's find the stocks in, the, in that sector that are out, going to outperform that sector, in that sector. And so it's a very difficult, very meticulous type of analysis that we do. We're looking for several things, particularly we are looking for valuation, good values, and strong management teams. If we can get those types of things, then we can, um, we can work with some other types of um, deficiencies because almost every company you look at is going to have some type of deficiency. So you got to learn to be playing the probabilities that, okay, this stock with a probability higher than 50% goes up from here, right? And it goes up higher than the other stocks in the sector. And that's, it's difficult to do. But when you start thinking in terms of probabilities in that way, I think students learn that type of critical reasoning, right? That there, there are no certainties here, right? Everything is about what's going to happen in the future. And obviously that is uncertain. They're not just learning theory. They're actually getting firsthand experience that employers are looking for. That's right. And, you know, finance is a performance business, right? If you're in banking, then your your credit risk, the loans that you make have to do well, right? When you're in, uh, when you're picking securities, it's about your performance. And that's what makes it a tough business is pretty much at the end of every day, unless you have an illiquid asset, at the end of every day, you know whether you won or lost today versus everybody else. Right. 
GFAM is not a class. It's a student organization. That's correct. Now, it is uh, finance majors and minors only. So what we're trying to do is, you know, we want you to have an interest in finance. If you do, we hope that you would add the minor, at least add the minor. But we have students from accounting, economics. Those two actually fit very well. Finance is some kind of a combination of accounting and economics. And so we get students from both of those uh, two fields that do very well with, with what we're trying to do. So you have to understand a lot of accounting because it's a language of business. And you have to understand the critical thinking that economics gives you plus the macroeconomics that uh, that uh, economics gives you. So if you understand those two things, then you can do well in, uh, in asset management. There are four portfolios that mm-hmm. the students are uh, focused on through this program. I believe it's stocks, bonds, mixed, and international, correct? correct? That's correct. And what sectors are the students evaluating? So when we look at our uh, equity sector, we break the, the the same way that the S&P 500 is broken in, into 11 sectors. So you have the 11 sectors and we have a lead sector analyst for each one of those sectors. And then we probably have at least one junior analyst underneath the lead sector analyst. So their job in that sector, let's say that we're talking about technology, their job is to go in and find the stocks in the technology sector that are going to outperform the other stocks in that sector. So we're looking for things that what we say beat the sector spider. So if I wanted technology stocks, I could buy the the XLK. I could buy the entire set of stocks that are in the S&P 500 that are technology. What we want to do is find which ones are going to outperform in that sector. Ah. All 11 sectors trying to figure out who's got the best value for 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 the quality of the company and the quality of the earnings they're going to produce going forward. Okay. So what we do is basically just, um, you know, the 11 sectors of the S&P 500, we have at least a lead sector analyst for that. And then we, we probably have at least one junior analyst in that sector. So we're trying to build a bench. What we want to do is the lead sector analyst will probably be the senior officers at some point, most of them. So there are five senior officers. There's a president, a vice president of finance, which executes all the things with regard to performance. Right. Those types of things, performance evaluation. Um, we have a chief economist. We have a chief risk officer and then the vice president of operations make sure that all the meetings run well, et cetera. And then everyone has all the information that they need to make the decisions. And so we meet and um, one of those sectors will come forward and give a presentation that is 20 to 30 minutes long, somewhere in that range. They've already been vetted before. So we have pre-meetings where we vet the stocks down to one or two or three. And then that sector analyst says, okay, I'm going to go with this stock. They give a presentation about what we call the pitch. Do we want to own this stock? And then it's got to be an 80% vote affirmative to be able to take that position. So the lead sector analyst always evaluates what we currently own and then anything else that we think we might want to pick up. When uh, one of the members is pitching a stock, I'm sure that the other members have the opportunity to uh, ask the hard questions, right? Correct, exactly. And so, what would make what what would be some of the good hard questions that you would expect your the members of this organization to ask? Um, well, any look, we we always again to start with valuation. We always get into things, certainly cash flow. We're you know we're interested in how much cash flow they generate per dollar of revenue. 
Um, we're interested in who are the, who's the management team. The, the quality of the management team will determine the quality of the company over long periods of time. So we've got to be sold on the, the quality of the management. So we get questions like, Hey, back in 2015, there was an acquisition. That acquisition didn't go well. Is that current management team? Is that former management team? Who is that? Because that was a bad acquisition. Um, we had one the other day. Um, actually, someone was pitching a um, telecom company that's very cheap. But they, you know, someone said, "Hey, they're cheap for a reason because there's some geopolitical risk." So, right. so those types of things students are thinking about, you know, and that's that's deep analysis. That is not just some ratio of two numbers, right? You got to think about thing the the other things that are really important: the management team, geopolitical risk, those types of things. That's the type of thing that is going to move the stock over time. Right, right. So the students or members of this organization are learning like the right questions to ask instead of depending on algorithms. They're looking at all different types of factors that play into this. Exactly. All the soft information, that's the information that we believe is, is you know, at least as important. Everyone can see the numbers. So, if you know, if everyone can run the ratios, that's, you know, that's information that's already incorporated in the stock price, should be for the most part. It's the other types of information. Getting the management team right is very, very important. So, we look for things like management changes, where the firm's been underperforming. So the stock is is a value stock now. It's a relatively cheap valuation, but that's because man, previous management made a lot of mistakes. You change management. Can we believe in a new management team? What you know, what are they doing? So we worry about those. Two. What's the strategy that the management team is employing? So we always look at the auditor, right? We want to know who the auditor is. Can we believe in the numbers that we see in front of us? And then can we believe in the management team above and beyond the numbers. Those types of things are what, that's where you get the real information. Gotcha. So then when a member pitches, how does the uh, organization decide whether it's a win or not? I believe you said 80% vote? 80% vote. So after the uh, the sector will give its recommendation, and again, it will always talk about what we currently own. Do we still want to own that? Do we want to try to shave some of the position? Do we want to get out? We used to kind of scale out. So we'll shave a little bit of the position over time, um, and then they'll pitch the other stock. So that is an entire sector recommendation that says, hold the two we currently have and we want to buy this one and to fund that we're going to do this whatever that might be to be able to generate the cash to be able to take on the uh, the new position that we want and so we run by parliamentary procedure the president will call for a motion to accept the sector recommendation there'll be a motion in a second and that's when the discussion starts and the discussion sometimes will be 20 minutes 30 minutes sometimes it'll be less than that it really depends upon how prepared the student is, how much they know when they start getting asked questions, and um, and their ability to persuade during the presentation. All so right. the real things that actually matter out there in the marketplace, when you're trying to, when someone goes on CNBC and tries to tell you to buy a stock, the pitch that they give and the way that they give it matters. 
Right. So it's not just done through written word. You're expected to present and be persuasive. Absolutely. And you would, you know, you, you know, they also do things like, you know, they'll, they'll talk to other people, right? So when we're trying to, trying to tell the analyst, this is where we think you ought to go, they will be getting feedback from other members and trying to get, you know, trying to get a feel for. So essentially there's some politics involved that say, let me determine where I think everybody wants to go. Right. So that helps me in terms of putting together the presentation. So there's feedback going both ways all the time. It also uh, gets down to confidence, assertiveness, how well spoken you are in a presentation in order to be persuasive. And those are skills that you really wouldn't learn in a simulation. That's right. And and the other thing is, of course, when when you pitch this stock and I tell my students all the time and I can give you examples from North Dakota, if you pitch a stock in here, I'm probably going to remember who gave us that stock. So if, if that stock goes up, I'm going to remember you. And if that stock goes down, I'm going to remember you as well. <laughs> now, it turns out, you know, we look, you can't know for sure. You can think that things look really good and they continue to get worse, right? So that happens in the stock market. But I, uh, I remember a young man who pitched a stock for us in North Dakota. Um, we bought it on a Thursday, on a Friday, it was down in a big way. He went on to become the president of the fund because he was one of the best analysts you know, that I've had. He worked hard at it. He was a very good president. But the first stock he recommended to us was a dud. <laughs> And every time I talk to him, and I still do every uh, and occasionally, every time I talk to him, I won't mention that stock. <laughs> and we will both laugh about it, and you know it's funny. But but he hasn't lived it. But, but he knows that I remember that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's nice too to hear that you you maintain your relationship with your students. That's a real indication of a of a good mentor. Well, and what I, and what I, you know the, what I said earlier too is that you're in the trenches with these students, right? I, my reputational capital is on the line along with these students, and so it's a very different scenario to go in and lecture and say, "Hey, I need you to remember, you know, how to do this in banking or whatever it might be." When you're in the trenches together and everything's about probabilities, and you can't be sure, so you can't tell a student, "Look." You're wrong, and I know you're wrong, because you can't say that. There, there is no such thing, because an expensive stock can get more expensive, and a cheap stock can get cheaper. So you learn that when you're in the trenches together, it's a bit more like a mutual fund. It's a bit more family. I know my students that come through the Golden Flash Asset Management Group better than I know other students, because, again, you're in a live fire situation where everybody's reputational capital is on the line. Right. You're sharing your bruises and you're sharing your victories. And that builds it builds camaraderie. Exactly. Right. How much is the Golden Flash fund that students are managing? Um, about one point one million dollars altogether. Uh, wow. We were originally given about a million. Um well, we were given a million, and uh, we've grown that up to about $1.1 million, maybe a little bit more than that. The The last half a million just came in in the last three months or so. Ah. So it started with 500000 and uh, then the university gave us another 500000 We now have a little more than $1.1 million. That's impressive. Wonderful experience to have on your resume. And that is the questions that they get. I mean, my students tell me all the time that the questions they get in interviews are about, tell me about the Golden Flash Asset Management. Tell me about what you did there. And when our students start to say, okay, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Then I think, uh, you know, a lot of employers understand that, you know, we're trying to run this the way a professionally managed mutual fund does it. 
you know, I'll buy it that we, we do it on a lot less time because our students have other classes they have to worry about. So you're not doing it all day, every day, but they are very, very committed to what we do. Uh, my students are in here working on stuff all the time, those types of things. And, and, and what I tell them is, look, the hard work gets rewarded. So if you learn now that, look, I've got to work at this every day, then uh, when you get out in the workplace, you'll be rewarded because you'll understand how hard it is to do this for a living and to be successful. Right. Now, you mentioned the impact that the the Golden Flashes Asset Management Group success is having on the quality of the companies that are coming in to recruit students. Absolutely. We place students at large banks around this area who are now involved with us in hiring our students. Oh, great. So, so since March, we've had, uh, you know, the, the one of the banks, the major banks that that's not necessarily in this region uh, is hiring our students as well. And in fact, uh, Wall Street came calling for one of our students not too long ago. And uh, in the last month or so, um, a major, major investment bank from Wall Street called one of our students and wanted to talk to them. So, you know, when, when they're calling your students, that's that's fairly impressive. So, uh, again, when you win these types of things, this where we won this game for them is in New York City. And so there's a lot of exposure that comes out of that. And so it's been fantastic for our students. We Our, our placement has, has done very well since then. Excellent. Well, congratulations. When you have the major Wall Street firms calling on your students, that's uh, a real testament to the value of this program. Can you share how students can learn more about the Golden Flashes Asset Management Group and how they can get involved? Sure. Uh, they can contact me. Actually, um, my email address is on the website, Department of Finance. Uh, you can come by my office in the College of Business in, uh, in room 404. Um, we meet on Wednesday nights uh, from 5.30 to 7 o'clock in room 403, which is our trading lab here. And if students wanted to come to the pre-meeting, we do a pre-meeting on Tuesdays from 4 to 5.30. So it's roughly three hours a week that we spend just in trying to figure out what securities. There's a lot of other time spent outside uh, on trying to figure those things out. But any student is welcome to come sit in and see what we do. And, you know, if you say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm interested in these types of things, then we probably have a spot for you. It's just a matter of getting involved and working, you know, with uh with our with our team. Excellent. Well, Dr. Dennis, it was a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. I look forward to seeing you at the College of Business Administration there at Kent State University. Thank you, Chris. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Dr. Stephen Dennis. Before you go, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes of Breaking Down Business. Thank you for joining us for Breaking Down Business, brought to you by the Kent State College of Business Administration, offering 10 undergraduate majors, online and in-person MBA programs, and a comprehensive PhD program. Learn more about the many ways to pursue a business education at Kent State at kent.edu forward slash business.